This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Seek a licensed professional for investment advice about crypto or any other investment. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blades and Crypto podcast. We are Justin and Brandon, and this is episode 22. So thanks for joining us again. Today, we experienced Bitcoin, uh, for a moment at least, uh, experiencing a double-digit greater than 10% uh, drawback uh, from a, from a 24-hour perspective. But uh, we will not be deterred, Justin. We will not be, be deterred by the bears. We will not be, be deterred by the FUD or the Fed, um, if that's even two different things. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, how are you doing today with all the, with all the charts dumping? good i think part of it was like i was bracing myself for that for like the last i guess like a few weeks uh i was trying to be mentally prepared for when the time came i I wanted to be like not surprised Uh, i'll be honest after all the sideways chop for forever it sort of feels a little bit cathartic i kind of feel a bit sadistic in saying that but it feels a bit cathartic just something happened honestly yeah and it's gotten to the point where i think Bitcoin has to move 10% in either direction in a single day for me to feel anything. So <laughs> yeah, the equity, good, the equity traders, thing. yeah, big equity bag holders are just freaking out today. And we're like, oh, something happened. Yeah. Um, anyway, we, uh, you know, we sympathize. All right. Well, today, uh, today we actually have a, this is an episode we've planned for a little while and sort of we're just waiting for the right time to get to it. So in one sense, you know, for some people, a lot of bad stuff happened today, but we're gonna we're gonna stay the course. Um, the bear market, we see it rife with opportunity, and so today is one of those episodes where you know, on our platform, um, and Justin, you know me, I I'm a huge mindset guy, a mental model guy. I I, I just have this belief that if we can yeah. think right about situations and people and the world and markets. If we have the right thinking, it really equips us to make good decisions in sort of the unpredictable, the unexpected, the panic moments, uh, the times when everybody else is on one side and you're, you you really can see the other side uh, and make a you know a informed maybe contrarian play against the public. So, um, for all the blockchain enthusiasts, uh, Bitcoin maxis, ETH maxis. I don't know if there's any Solana Maxis yet. Justin, you might be the first one. I don't know. Oh, there are. Oh, there are Solana Maxis, there are of course. Definitely Solana Maxis, yes. We'll throw Cardano Maxis in there. there. I know there's, there's some a few. I know there are some Cardano Maxis out there. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a coin that exists, there are Maxis. Okay. That's so for sure. every for every Maxi out there uh, that thinks that their thing is indestructible and uh, you know not able to be defeated. Basically, I mean, there's just people out there that exist to throw out articles and think pieces and Twitter threads highlighting the limitations, hurdles for any blockchain technology. And so, of course, you know, a lot of them make valid points. Um, but oftentimes, Justin, what today's episode is going to cover is really how we think about these limitations. Oftentimes, these people fail to understand really the nature of technology. Like they really don't understand the bigger points and the bigger picture. They also don't understand that limitations create opportunities. Uh, and, and so we're going to talk about a lot of that, like rightly understanding tech, rightly understanding limitations, and rightly understanding how limitations unlock opportunities. So let's jump right in. Um, we're going to actually talk about limitations that 
currently Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana have. And it's not that those three are the only ones. Obviously, it's that blockchain tech, any tech, has limitations. So, Justin, um, let's start out. Uh, let's start talking about, we're going to cover Bitcoin fairly quickly because that's kind of not the most interesting one. Um, but what are some of the limitations with Bitcoin? Again, just so we're fair, you know, and kind of honest across the board. Uh, I would say the biggest one, uh, there's there's a few, but the biggest one that people like to poke at would be speed. Um, that one comes up a lot. And then, yeah, like, I don't know, limitation. Uh, I guess another one you could, you could talk about would be like, uh, the efficiency aspect of it. So especially as it relates to the amount of energy that it consumes to secure the Bitcoin network um, through mining. So that that uses up a lot of electricity and um, that, that's that been under fire a lot, especially in the last 12 months or so. So uh, security is like another area, but definitely that's not a limitation of Bitcoin. That's That's its biggest strength for sure is how secure the network is. Yeah, we've talked about a little bit about historically the whole Bitcoin Cash fork was really a massive fear concern that Bitcoin from a settlement standpoint would not would never be fast enough to sort of achieve this global currency. Of course, when they when they were thinking about currency, they're only thinking about uh, you know transaction. They only thought about one piece yeah. of what it would mean to be a currency, right? And so that was really, I mean, just to be honest, I mean, I guess we can give them credit, but that was pretty short-sighted. Um, yeah, we've, we've talked about the energy stuff a little bit, so we won't we won't camp out there. We're going to talk about some Layer 2 stuff on, well, that may be a new word uh, for, for some people. We'll talk about what Layer 2s are and what Layer 2s are for Bitcoin in a little bit and for the other ones. What about Ethereum uh, for, or ETH? What are some limitations that ETH is currently experiencing that we should know about? Mm-hmm. Bandwidth uh, is a big limitation of, of Ethereum right now. So Ethereum is actually, um, many of you guys have heard, it's in the middle of trying to transition to what's called Ethereum 2.0, which is the Ethereum developer community trying to make Ethereum scale more so it can handle more bandwidth, more transaction volume, um, and uh, and actually uh, make it so it's faster from like a speed standpoint, um, so those are those are the two big ones that are, um, I guess you could say most most uh, prominent right now. Some people would actually say security is a, a limitation of Ethereum, um, and and that's primarily because anytime you get into this this tension of speed, bandwidth, and security, you kind of have to give and take on all of them, you know, in order to achieve a proper balance. Right. And, you know, you've, you've done a great job, Justin, of mentioning that a lot of these items, they're on a spectrum. They're not binary. It's not mm-hmm. light off, light on, um, all or nothing. It's on a spectrum. And one thing I'll insert here as we talk about, for instance, whether something is not scalable or not secure or whatever, I'll insert a phrase compared to what, right? And, and yeah. I say that rhetorically, right? Because, for instance... You know, Bitcoin doesn't settle fast enough compared to what? For instance, right, you know, exactly. I, I mentioned <laughs> Visa doesn't settle at all, right? Visa actually happens above the settlement layer. Um, 
Bitcoin f- settles way faster, way faster than uh, than ACH or whatever the the current sort of USD payment you know yeah. um, ledger. But again, you've got stuff built on top of the USD layer, layer twos, layer threes, and that again we're going to see analog to that with with crypto in uh, in, in uh, further into the episode. So again, compared to what, and that's kind of a theme we'll be talking about. Nothing is nothing is scalable or not scalable in a vacuum. Um, yeah. What about Solana? Current limitations, Justin. We've been running into a few of them even this week. Yeah. So like Solana is kind of in a unique spot where um, it is so like it can handle so much volume and it's so cheap to to process transactions that. Um, Solana has been recently been getting attacked by like bots. And so these, these bots that are sending tons of volume actually can take, like it basically stalls the network out. Think of it like you're, you know, you've got an old truck and it stalls and you, you've got to get that thing. Like I'm talking like one of the hand crank trucks, you know, that like has the, the handle in the front where you got to like, you got to crank that thing. It's like watching uh, the Waltons or something. So, yeah, and then you got to get the the network back up and running. Um, and sometimes it's down for a few hours. Sometimes it's even gone up to you know forty eight hours. I think was the longest one that I can remember. Um, but yeah, that Solana is facing unique challenges in that um, it's you know the advantage of Solana being fast and cheap is actually creating problems um, because it's creating vulnerabilities where, you know, bots are basically clogging the network with tons of volume. Which again, you know, I think it's a great point there. You know, strengths aren't strengths in a vacuum. Weaknesses aren't weaknesses in a mm-hmm. vacuum. You know, a strength of one blockchain is going to come with its, like you said, it's a give and take. It, it's going to have certain drawbacks or vulnerabilities. I don't mean that in a security sense, it's going to have places where it's able to be taken advantage of or whatever. So, yeah. all right, we, we, we've acknowledged that blockchain technology has limitations. And hopefully that's not a word that triggers you. Uh, we're going to use it a lot in this episode <laughs> over the next half hour. The point is, limitations exist. Um, but now, let, let's kind of dial into... Sorry, that's a bad pun uh, alluding to what we're about to talk about. <laughs> I was literally looking at the word as I said that. Sorry. I'm, this is bad radio. I'm looking at a, uh, a, a episode notes that have the word dial on it. So let's talk about the past. Let's talk about historical tech. Let's talk about limitations. I'm going to sort of surface here a uh, an example from, I guess, 80s, 90s. I mean, with the internet, right? You've got dial-up to you know broadband to mobile to fiber now we're looking at 5g i mean some exponential growth evolutions revolutions between all that you know can you can you imagine can you imagine in 1997 you know being a hater <laughs> being a footer uh, of the internet saying and there were people that said this the internet won't make it you know, because it can't, I can't upload a, you know, they didn't have 4K video in 1997, but I can't upload a full video in, in seven minutes, right? Like it would take three or four hours or 12 hours to upload a video. 
you know, and, and it was a, like, that was a limitation. The pipes weren't big enough. You know, the, the network even, wasn't big enough. Yeah. As I say, even usability, you know, like early, early websites, you couldn't do anything with them. You mm-hmm. could read, you could look up and read information. Right. Right. But like, you know, all of these coding languages that we have today, they hadn't even evolved yet. So uh, another argument was like, it's just not useful enough. Get that. <laughs> the internet right. isn't useful enough, which is just, you know, it's hysterical if you think about it now. And it, it's funny because it's like, kind of, we forget, we forget how quickly the internet evolved. We sort of lived through it and it just was a natural part of life. I think part of it is that we, you know, our learning was sort of moving with the internet. So it's almost like being on a train where you don't feel yourself moving. We felt like we were kind of standing still, but we were going somewhere pretty fast, if I can use that analogy. You know, and so, you know, Justin, I, I guess you've got this, there's a point that we talked about that you wanted to discuss about limitations, right? And limitations about um, about tools. And, and the fact is, I guess, that... Um, I guess the point is, let's just not, let's not assume that limitations, I guess the point I'll make, limitations are not forever in the sense if they're bad limitations. Uh, but Justin, you've got a different take on sort of the nature of limitations. Uh, go ahead and fire off that. Yeah, so I think, uh, I guess a key statement would be that limitations prove that like one tool cannot be used for everything. So like a good example would be Bitcoin doesn't need to become Ethereum. Ethereum doesn't need to become Bitcoin. And the same for Solana, right? Like um, the, the reality is for blockchain to, you know, I almost say impose its will, <laughs> but for, for blockchain to like infect, to, to effect the entire world, we're going to need chains that are like Bitcoin, like Ethereum, like Solana. It's, you need a variety there because they're going to be built up with different strengths and weaknesses. Therefore, they're going to have limitations. They're going to push them into certain niches. And I think that's the major point for me is these things don't have to compete with one another. And we, you know, we joke about maxis at the beginning, like, and that's the, the whole point of the maxi is like, Oh, they, they have this mentality, like one chain to rule them all, right? Like Lord of the Rings or something like right. everything has to be, one chain, uh, and it's the perfect chain, and therefore it's Bitcoin or whatever you think it is. And we see every chain as a rival to the throne, if you will. Yeah. So sort of live in that analogy for a second. Yeah, so again, we say limitations. That's really not, in our mind, inherently a negative term. I mean, people are limited yeah. by default, right? Um, we could discuss some of my limitations really quickly if we wanted to, right? <laughs> um, yeah. We don't have a long enough time to discuss all those. Uh, we've also talked about, Justin, that limitations are not necessarily even problematic. Like I just mentioned they're kind of, it, it right. can kind of be a neutral term. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be um, negative, right? And like you said, yeah. Ethereum doesn't need to try to become Bitcoin. I mean, even within smart contract chains, Ethereum, Solana, Cardano, uh, AVAX, Avalanche. I mean, they're all, they're hopefully, I mean, I hope they're all really going after more niche use cases. And we, this is, mm-hmm. this is the reality of growth and uh, saturation in tech is that we begin to see more and more specialization, more and more 
Uh, I'll adopt the French pronunciation. More and more niching. Uh, <laughs> niching didn't sound right. Um, I'm usually a niche pronunciator, uh, but ni- nicher, I don't know. Anyway, more and more niching. Um, but again, that's the way That's the way this, this works. Um, and I guess the last point I would make on this discussion is remember that tech growth kind of umbrella tech growth. Is, expon- is exponential in nature. Um, and not just tech meaning internet, but I mean, like, think about, like, energy tech, right? Like, we're talking about, to pull back the, the Bitcoin and the energy stuff, and, uh, you know, it can't be proof of work because the energy problem, we're sort of assuming that that's not able to be fixed. So, I mean, even, okay, even Solana founder this week on a interview, forget which news network it was on, he's talking about how basically that, that Bitcoin doesn't have a future. Again, we don't know the full context of the statement, but Bitcoin doesn't have a future if it doesn't switch to proof of stake, which is what Ethereum is switching to, which is what Solana is. Um, and my retort to that would be like, you know, don't assume a static reality of all other variables moving forward, right? Like we're yep. talking about right now ways of using energy that just wouldn't be used otherwise. We're talking about you know trying to uh, use you know volcanic energy uh, that currently you know has no really has no not a lot of use or no use at all. Like I guess again from a mental model standpoint, you know don't assume that the only thing that's moving is the thing you're talking about and all of the variables are static, especially, especially in tech. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other things there, um, you know, in Texas, they had the huge power outage. I I can't even remember when it was three months ago, maybe. Um, And in Texas, they have, you know, mining companies that are running fully off of solar panel um, power and, when they had that emergency, they were the the mining companies in Texas were able to basically um, not turn off completely, but they turned down their Bitcoin mining really far, and they were able to use all of that extra power to help, you know, homes and sh- stores and stuff basically get power. So that that's another. There's there's a lot of layers to like renewables um, and being able to mine using clean energy and whatnot. Um, but that that whole space is still definitely evolving. Yeah, and I think again, this kind of conversation it's it's another adaptation of we just kind of reject all or nothing thinking. Just just kind of be careful yeah. when you hear binary. It's all one way. It's all the other. It has to be black. It has to be <laughs> white. It's not. You know, and and even if it is today, it won't be tomorrow. So that's kind of yeah. a wrap on <laughs> on that. So we talked about the fact that, yes, there are limitations. It's a real thing. I mean, sure, you know, write your hit piece, write your think piece on the limitations, you know, act as if nothing ever improves, right? That this this blockchain tech is doomed, you know, enjoy being in the history of the haters. Um, And we talked about the fact that historically tech has always had limitations and limitations aren't necessarily problematic it, it it's a bit opportunistic even to think oh okay well because ethereum can't be everything it actually as an entrepreneur gives people the energy to start new stuff we think that's a good thing right yep. so 
um, we're actually going to talk about there are some ways that limitations are also not they're not final. Um, you know, they're not final, and whether that's because some other portion of tech you know, brings about relief or expansion or extension. Um, or there's another uh, sort of technological development, which is we've been talking about layer twos. And so I'll do a brief setup on this, and then I'll sort of exhaust what I'm able to sort of intelligently talk about, and I'll turn it over to Justin uh, and hand the baton off. When we say layer two, uh, that's contrasting a little bit with layer one. And so basically the blockchain technology itself, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, um, the actual blockchain is considered a layer one technology. It's the, the base layer, if you will. And then you have these technologies that are built on top of the Ethereum blockchain. And that technology would be called a layer two. So it's kind of it's a foundational, uh, foundational understanding. Um, so, Justin, you know, help, help us understand a little bit... Um, Let's do an analog to sort of the physical world, uh, or at least the world we sort of understand better than, than maybe people understand the the blockchain yeah. world. What's an example kind of a, of a layer two kind of in the analog space? Uh, one that I resonate with, I think, because of my experience or background in retail <laughs> is uh, credit card uh, transactions. So basically the way that that works, you know, I worked at an ice cream shop and I would do the closing in the evening. Well, at the end of the night, when I was closing up, I would have to run um, all of the credit card transactions. I would, I would run a batch, and they would get settled. They they basically get sent to the bank and settled in in a batch. And it was basically, um, you know, it's set up that way for efficiency's sake. Uh, not every single transaction is sent one at a time to the bank throughout the day. It hap- It happens in these batches or groups, if you will. So it's really similar to layer twos uh, and, and layer ones. So a good example would be um, like Polygon, or they actually changed their name. It used to be called Matic, now it's called Polygon. But they um, that project started probably about four or five years ago. And uh, they're you know advertising themselves as a layer two um, to Ethereum. So what, what they basically do on a really simple level is you can basically use Matic to process Ethereum transactions. And it's, think of it like it's being stored up here in the cloud. Um, And then those transactions get processed down to Ethereum in groups in in a much more efficient way versus trying to settle every single transaction on Ethereum itself. So that's how the scaling works. Obviously it creates, new challenges and uh you know matic has to to navigate through those in in designing that and building it in a way that's efficient and secure um so that you know it can't be hacked but that's that's kind of a a good analogy right there yeah yeah um you know the way the way my brain typically understands that is you know that same idea in sort of a different frame you know, if, I was I was talking to a couple friends, and we were we were trying to we were kind of working through something, and and I said, you know, the way I think about it is, we were talking about basically like whether there could ever be sort of a game built on Ethereum because Ethereum is not particularly fast, at least not fast enough for gaming, and it's also very expensive because you're basically like 
yeah, you're writing to the blockchain like one tech, one transaction at a time, which is just, it really doesn't make, it's kind of, it almost feels uh, archaic already, right? And I was trying to explain, I said, you know, think of it like every time you needed to ship an item, you know, every time you needed to mail something, the mail truck carried your item and that's it. And you have to pay the base cost to ship that one item. Well, of course, we understand. We're way more sophisticated, you know, right? We understand, yeah, you pack the truck. And yeah, it takes two or three days to get there. But, you know, you don't want to pay $758 to send your letter across town by itself, right? It's almost, (laughs) it's not a perfect analogy, but you could almost think of it that way, right? Where every time we're writing on the blockchain, we're making a bunch of people do a lot of work to really not change a whole lot. And, and, and Justin, I, I think people can see kind of how these these two analogies sort of mirror one another. Um, and so the point is, a lot of times, like you said, with batching, you know, it's almost like, you know, these transactions are stored in a, in a container, if you will, like you said. And then, you know, they're written at one time. And that way, basically, all the work is sort of more valuable and more useful. And it's almost like everyone in the batch or container sort of splits the cost. Um, and I've seen this actually in a, in a Ethereum-based game that um, that we're playing right now. You know, they they've been able to do that effectively to where you're just not you know you're not paying you know twenty nine fifty two dollars thirty eight dollars to just do one thing, and you're like, yeah, I'm not do I'm not paying thirty eight dollars you know for this one little transaction. So again. The point is, layer twos provide scaling a lot of times, uh, sometimes security, but a lot of times scaling for these layer ones. And again, we're going to continue to see that. And that's a good thing. And that's sort of just the natural evolution of tech. Uh, Justin, anything else to say on layer twos before we start talking about what I think is some of the more juicy information about how to identify opportunities with uh, these limitations? Yeah, I think, well, as you were talking through it, I was kind of a new, I guess, perspective popped up in my mind. And that was um, like, you could ask the question, why can't Ethereum just settle in batches from the start? Like, why wasn't it just designed that way? And that's a great question. I hope Uh, you're not asking me that. (laughs) No, I'm not. I have no idea. I asked myself that. (laughs) I promise. I was listening to you. I promise. But I was also asking myself questions. Fair enough. But like, that's just that's just the nature of how technology evolves, right? Like Bitcoin, we've talked about this before. Bitcoin introduced blockchain; it created the concept of blockchain, and then Ethereum came along and it took what Bitcoin was doing, which was really simple, and it added a layer of complexity called smart contracts. Okay, but it still has its limitations. And so then, you know, a layer two comes in. Now you can do smart contracts, but you can do them in batches and settle them down to Ethereum, which is more secure. So, you know, just like everything we see from a technology standpoint, even your cell phones, like think about your your iPhone that you have today compared to the first cell phone in like, I don't know, 1989 or something like that. You know, it's this massive thing that's like it weighs 10 pounds. So that doesn't happen overnight, right? It happens in inversions and iterations and advancements in technology. So it just, it works the exact same way. I think it's a valid point. Yeah, we can't, you know, we can't take what, you know, Elon Musk is doing with Tesla and ask why Henry Ford didn't come out with that, you know, 
early in the 1900s. It just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, and I, 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 the last thing I'll say, just because I, I kind of nerd out about this stuff, is, you know, we say, oh, it's been, you know, 100 some years since the car was developed. Well, the point, you know, a lot of it is technological evolutions happen a lot more quickly, mm-hmm. right? And so even, even the 10 or 12 years of, of blockchain, in one sense, that's a lot of space and time because of how fast tech evolves. All right. So we talked about the fact that, you know, I just think that having the right mindset, having an understanding of, you know, what's going on, where opportunity is, um, what kind of our foundational principles are, I just think it's gold. I just think it's absolutely gold. And so every time, I guess I would say this, if I can just sort of like, you know, speak with energy towards our audience, like, and conviction, you know, every time, Every time you see a tweet, a tweet thread, Twitter thread, an article, why Bitcoin's not going to make it, or why it's going to be overthrown, or why Ethereum's not going to make it, or why Solana's going to fail, and you know this this obstacle that's never going to be able to be overcome. Every time you read that, I want I want there to be like this one sort of glowing word in your head. Um, I want you to think of the word opportunity. You know, problems, limitations are not final. They're not ultimate, right? Um, sorry, I don't want to like say scathing words about people that are just like naysayers. <laughs> it just it drives me crazy, right? It's like, oh yeah, you know. Yeah. I, sorry, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. I, it just it it gets me so energized though because it's like guys and ladies, like that's where the opportunity is. Like we have yeah. entrepreneurs. Because not everything solves every problem, you know, like, like, it's like, there's so much opportunity out there. There's so much to create and build and explore and invest in. So again, that's kind of my, like my, my, my energized rant, but I just, I just want people to understand don't like, now there are in theory, I mean, there are some limitations that could be permanent or could be. I mean, some problems are fatal problems. So don't, you know, use some common sense, do research, be smart, you know, jump in on stuff, have your ears about you. But like in general, again, I mean, literally people within the Bitcoin community did not think Bitcoin could be successful because it took 10 to 15 minutes to settle. And this is what, five years ago? When did when did cash yeah. fork? Oh, 2014, you know, 2015. Oh, was it 14? Okay. It's been, um, yeah, it's 14 or 15. It's been a while. Yeah. And again, no one can really see the future. Uh, I, but as much as possible, you know, understand that problems are meant to be solved. Limitations are meant to be, I don't know, figured out and actually, you know, advanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and in one sense, I would just say as an investor... If you run into a limitation, you know, I guess two things. Number one, if people are selling because they're afraid, you know, we saw energy FUD right back in the the spring and summer of twenty one. Um, sounds like a sounds like a clearance sale to me. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy to buy their fear, and that's just that's really the only yeah. way I can put it. Um, I see opportunity there. The other one is, frankly. In, you know, it, in other words, if we found a massive problem with Ethereum, it doesn't scale. It's too expensive. 
find the thing that fixes that problem and go invest in it. Not financial yep. advice. Right? Like <laughs> if you know if Apple if Apple had an issue where like some kind of metal just radiated too much heat from the battery, go find the kind of metal that doesn't and then buy it. Like buy the company. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that I just it's a, I just want to have that kind of thinking about the space and not every time we read a headline we go sell a position. And I know it's a bit dramatic. Yep. But people do that. All right, I'm going to turn my mic off, Justin. Help, help, course correct me a little bit there. Well, I don't know if I'm going to course correct you, other than just give you like two very practical examples of you know like what you're talking about. So if you look, if you look at the last two years, and you want to find which two coins moved the most, like had the most adoption and moved the most in price, it's Solana. And Matic, or Polygon, I should say now. Um, and so it's exactly what you're describing. Back then, Ethereum, and it's, Ethereum is still the main smart contract chain, but Ethereum, it was becoming very evident early on that Ethereum wasn't going to be fast enough um, to handle some types of applications. So it was gonna, there was going to be a, a void over here that something else was going to be able to fill in. But it also, um, you know, there was there was this new thing called Matic that was coming out, and it was saying, "Hey, we can help Ethereum solve its problem." So if you just took, you know, that situation that you just described, and you said, "Okay, what are the limitations of Ethereum? I want to invest in things that might fill that void or those two voids." You'd have picked the two top coin performers in the last two years. So, it, and I will tell you, it's not rocket science. Like you didn't have to study Ethereum for thousands of hours to figure that out, right? <laughs> like, oh man, just people, get on and try to use fill, it. Yeah, I mean, or people, I mean, just read. I mean, there are people oh, blasting yeah. that stuff yeah. out there. Um, yep. So what? So like another another example that's looking back. I mean, it's easy to look back and say, "Aha!" Like look at the thing that happened. But even moving forward, I would say, you know, one thing that I want to do is I want to think of different industries that maybe crypto has not, um, or just blockchain has not really gone in and started fixing yet. So like think of supply chain. Think of all the supply chain issues that we currently have in the world. Blockchain is going to fix a lot of the, the human error in supply chain. Um, and that may, like, that all that may happen on Solana or Ethereum, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't dug into it too far. But we might, you might research that and realize, hey, Ethereum wouldn't be a really good fit for this. But n really, Solana wouldn't either. It, it needs something else, right? And then you start researching, and you see that there's several other, you know, blockchains that are saying, hey, we want to find our niche in the, um, what was I? Um, Supply chain. Complete mind blank. Supply chain space, right? Um, so I, I think that's how you find opportunity is you just look for vacuums. You look for, for places that, you know, there's nothing really there and, and you try to find ways to invest in it. At least that's, uh, not investment advice, but that's, that's worked for me. Is, is wisdom, do we have to give a disclaimer if we give wisdom, <laughs> our wisdom and advice, <laughs> the same thing? I actually thought wisdom. about that this afternoon. 
this is not financial advice. It's financial wisdom. So we don't offer that either. Financial but, um, wisdom. I like that. See, <laughs> anyway. Self-proclaimed wisdom is usually not wisdom. <laughs> right. Right. No, it's good. I mean, yeah, I, I think what, I, what I'd love to train our minds on is, because again, like you said, the, the, the Ethereum problem, every, I won't say ever since I've heard about Ethereum, I've known about this problem with Ethereum for at least a couple of years. Um, I've experienced it a little bit myself. You've experienced it as a, you know, as a user. I, I know you were using, you know, Compound and some other some other tools. Um, yeah, the point is that wasn't really hard to find. I mean, Ethereum is the number was the number two has been the number two total market cap for a while. So I guess what we're yeah, yeah. what we're saying is like you know that's not it's not obscure it's not revisionist history to go back and say that. I think the big idea here is we're not necessarily advocating for like oh yeah we're trying we're on the hunt to find the next 100x coin. I mean we are, but not in like a crazy way. The big idea I think is when you hear limitations just kind of to train our mind differently on that and and hear it as someone that goes, "Oh, I wonder, okay, like let me actually like boy, what if it's a big limitation and like another thing needs to be created to solve that, right? Like that's Think about it like an investor. Think about it like an entrepreneur. You know, don't think about it like a, a doomsdayer or or whatever. I don't know what to what the uh, the opposite of those terms are. Um, yeah. You know, look for L twos, layer twos that solve core layer one issues and limitations. Be open to that. Um, don't just let the negative stuff stick to you, and you don't ever hear the positive stuff, or you don't. Anyway, and we we can all we can all be like that to one degree or um, you know, or another. Um, the last thing I kind of want to say here, it doesn't really fit anywhere else, but you know, keep in mind too, that when people, there's new pieces of information that come out and then they just get blasted everywhere. And so news and marketing can create momentum that sort of, uh, artificial. I think we all know that. Um, I don't necessarily think that's always like conspiracy stuff. It's just, it's the way it is. Um, everybody ends up reporting the same things because, you know, I mean, people just follow other people. So a lot of times, you know, fear, fear breeds a larger outcome than it, than it should have. And all I'm trying to say there is again, the Bitcoin energy FUD and all this other stuff in the summer. And it's like, oh no, Bitcoin's going to whatever. And it's just like, it's not, it's not, you know, uh, kind of that. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. It's kind of a good, it's kind of a good quote here. So, um, again, when you hear limitations, see opportunity. Yeah, it's kind of my kind of my big my big idea on this. Justin, any any final thoughts on uh, limitations, opportunities, layer twos, layer ones? Uh, I guess the my final thing would be in 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 addition to thinking opportunity would be a learner, and I think That's being good. a learner and having a learner mindset combined with seeing opportunity like those things are very powerful um because like you know seeing opportunity but not being a learner where you could find yourself if you do that is you're just buying any little coin that promises anything and having you know these rose-colored glasses thinking that it's gonna it's gonna be the next thing to go to the moon right right (laughs) but you didn't (laughs) you haven't learned you haven't put in the work to you know to learn something new and and I feel like the proper balance of those two things, it kind of protects you from falling off either, I guess like either, you know, ledge Mm -hmm. that you're, 
if we're walking across a bridge. Yeah, if you've watched Shark Tank for any length of time or ever, I mean, every product promises to to revolutionize the space, right? Very few do, <laughs> if any. So yeah, don't don't fall prey to that. Do your own research, and yep. and even frankly, I mean, you know, you've got t- you've got time on this stuff because things are tried and tested and proven. It's not like a either buy it at the very beginning or you know, there's nothing there. Um, but again, just have your head about you, see opportunity. I wanted to close out by saying, you know, really appreciate you guys listening to the show. Um, appreciate the feedback we get. Um, if this is helpful to you, if it's if it's helped you learn some things, grow in some ways, you know, uh, think thinking in some 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 ways that have been helpful to you uh, with growing wealth through crypto. We'd appreciate a like, a comment, uh, a review, um, share the show with a friend, uh, leave us a, a feedback or description. Not a description, but leave us a review. That's what that's called. Thank you. (laughs) That's good. Um, Sorry about that. But yeah, leave us a review. Let us know what you think and share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. And um, we're looking forward in the future. I'll give a couple teasers to shows we're we're thinking about. Um, We did the Bitcoin series, uh, really kind of diving in deeper to value prop and and understanding the real problem it solves. We're going to do and sort of how to think about the technology moving forward. We're going to do the same kind of treatment with Ethereum. We're going to do several episodes on Ethereum to really dive deep into um, what it's going to do in the future, what it, the problems it solves, and, uh, and how to think about that. And I think it'll be really great. So stay tuned for that in the next uh, month or so. Uh, we're really looking forward to putting that episode series uh, together. So for Justin, I'm Brandon. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, we'll see you next time. For more information, check out our website at blazingcrypto.io. Additionally, if you have friends that are new to crypto, share our trailhead videos from our website, which is a great way to get introduced to crypto.